team. We have an awesome worship team, don't we? And um, Josh made a joke about the fires, but as you know, it's a bit hot and windy, and Ronnie over here was um, wondering if he might get called out to a fire uh, this weekend, and uh, so just turn your phone off. Um, anyway, well, we had a wedding yesterday. He's like, I'll turn my phone off till after the wedding. I'm like, turn your phone off till after church. But he um, got a call just before we started the service to go to a fire, and he said no. <laughs> Otherwise, we might have been picking a worship leader from the congregation. Um, <laughs> thanks, Ronnie. Yeah, let's give him a hand. He gets paid really well to um, fight the fires, but your wealth is in the cross. Anyway, <laughs> that, that was kind of a, a dad joke. <laughs> um, anyway, it's so great to have Byron and Hannah here with us. Every time they come, they're such a blessing and they bring a word in season and they just seem to come at the right time. The right time. And I know Josh and I had a great time just even picking them up from Sydney and coming down. Yesterday, we were so encouraged and we laughed most of the trip especially at Byron, Um, and I think just as we've been personally encouraged by them already, I think church, you're going to be really encouraged and empowered this morning. So let's give, I should actually say, I don't know if you said this earlier, but Byron and Hannah are from the Equippers Church in Auckland, and they're amazing, doing incredible things. Let's give Byron a big hand as he comes. Thanks, Byron. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. How are you, church? Very good. I get to speak in a lot of places, but this is by far the best-looking church I've ever spoken to. Yeah, I don't say that anywhere. Okay, whatever, all right? You guys are a good-looking church, and it's so good to be with you today, and thank you, Pastors Josh and Sarah, for having us and having me speak to you today. I I felt like, um, as I was in worship, thank you, Ron, for staying around as well. I hope somebody went to that fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I... (laughs) I was standing in worship and um, just enjoying the presence of God. I felt God just drop into my spirit and just say, it's going to be a morning of miracles. I felt just on the heart of God and the heart of the Father that He wants to do a miracle this morning. And, um, and I, I don't know what you're going through, but, and, but I feel like God said that to me in response to something you're going through. And so think about you individually or your family. or I, I don't know what's happening in your world, but God's told me this morning in my spirit through worship that he wants to do a miracle in your world, your life this morning. Is that all right, church? And so why don't you just take a moment right now and just close your eyes. In fact, could we maybe have the keyboarders come and just play? I I just feel that there's just an atmosphere right now, and I I can't ignore it. I can't move on from this point before allowing God to do what he's come to do this morning. Father, we just right now present our whole lives to you, God. And God, you just know the situations that are right now urgent. And Father, we don't want to go another day with it the way it's been. Father, we sang this morning, as it is in heaven, so let it be. And God, right now, these, there are areas in our lives that just don't reflect the grace and the mercy and the salvation and the healing of heaven. God, we just, come on, church, right now, we just present this area before you, God, in these areas right now. If that's you, church, I just feel God's compassion right now rushing, rushing towards you. I, there it is. I just feel it right now in the spirit and the presence of God. I feel Him right now bringing the weight of heaven into your circumstance, your situation, that person's life right now. 
And God, I just break every assignment of the enemy. Lord, we don't need to get loud and it doesn't need to go long. Because your power is, your, your mind, your heart has already decided that a miracle will take place today. So Father, thank you for the situation turning around. I thank you for healing in the name of Jesus. God, I thank you that, Lord, we turned out here today not knowing what to expect, but you came with such great intention so that every person here today would know that you're a loving Father who's not ignorant of our situation and circumstances. Just for a moment longer, church, I just feel the compassion of a good Father just sweeping the room by His Holy Spirit. Thank you, God, for healing and restoring, even emotionally right now, and being the lifter of our heads. Hallelujah. We love you, God. Amen. 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 How good is God? Thank you so much. I appreciate that. It's very anointed playing. Fantastic. Um, if, you're, if you're new to church, um, I'll, I think what a great place for you to be on a Sunday. What a great, genuine people, incredible pastors. I know they're personally and their lives and their family and just through and through, just authentic people. And, and you're in a good place today. Isn't that right for us who are regular here? Yeah, great place, great pastors. Would you help me honor these great pastors of yours? I love them dearly. Yeah. So thank you guys for having us. We love you guys. What an incredible church you are. So thank you for having us. My wife Hannah is here. She's very beautiful. And um, yeah, and uh, when she's not here on the front row, I normally carry a picture of her on the pulpit because I just, I don't want her to be out of my sight for even a moment. I couldn't live with that church. That's right. You see how I did that? (laughs) Anyway, um, this this morning I feel like... um, what God wants to share with us is really going to help us into the next season God has for us. And so um, we're going to start and we're going to pick up from the Word of God in Luke chapter 13. If you've got a Bible or you're taking notes, or if you've got a phone, a smartphone, even a dumb phone, maybe just write this reference down, Luke chapter 13 and verses 6 to 9. Luke chapter 13, now everybody's looking at the phone next to them, oh yeah, that's a, that's a smartphone, and not so smart. Luke chapter 13 and verses 6 to 9. And we're going to pick up the reading there. Oh, my iPad catches up. Here we go. Dumb iPad. Okay, here we go. Then he told his, then they told, then he told this parable, Jesus speaking to a group of people following him. And this is what he said. Then he told this parable. Now, a parable is a short story with a big meaning to it, a very weighty meaning, and it's going to take a bit of time this morning, a good four hours for me to unpack, all right, so right now on your phone, your smartphone, text and cancel lunch, because we're going all day, all right, (laughs) some of you think I'm joking, all right, this, (laughs) then he told this parable, a man had a fig tree growing in his vineyard, and he went to look for fruit on it, But he did not find any. So he said to the man who took care of the vineyard, For three years now I've been coming to look for fruit on this fig tree and haven't found any. Cut it down. Why should it use up the soil? Sir, the man replied, 
leave it alone for one more year, and I'll dig around it and fertilize it. If it bears fruit next year, fine. If not, cut it down. All right. So let's talk about this, because I feel that the word for um, word of God for you in this season is fruitfulness. God desires you to be fruitful, all right? And I want to explain this. I want to take some time this morning to explain this. Does God care about results? Does God care about performance? And I would say this morning, and I'll explain it, I would say yes. God does care about what's coming from your life. Does God care about um, performance? Yes. Does God care about results? Yes. Is it is it pivotal to your salvation? No. Does God expect you to bring about results so that you can be saved? No. Does God expect you to perform so that He'd be pleased with you? No. But God does care about results. What's coming from your life? Does God care about effectiveness? Yes. Does God care about change and progress? Yes. And these, this is where we start our journey in talking about fruit and fruitfulness. The title of my message this morning is Fig Free Tree. That's right. Try and say that 10 times fast. All right. I spent some time crafting this. I mean, I spent two minutes preparing the sermon, but three weeks preparing that title. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know where my priority. No, 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 no. Fig free tree. So let's talk about this this morning. See, in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22 and 23, the Word of God says this, and I'll go slowly through it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23 says, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. The Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. You see, I've got a desire and I've got a um, vision for our our marriage. We've got two kids, um, a seven-year-old girl and a four-year-old boy. And I've got a vision that our lives would would bear fruit in such a way that it would start to influence and impact the world around us. That when my kids go to school, their lives would bear fruit in such a way that it would affect other kids in their class. That their teachers would look and say something different about that kid. That our marriage, people would look at it and go, man, they, they go through stuff but there's something significant about that, that that I want to influence our marriage. That, that to me is what I see as a fruitful life. And I want our lives to be fruitful. When I, when I, um, when I relate to other people, I want them to see something on my life that goes, talk to me about what's happening in your world. Because so- See, that is fruitfulness. And the Word of God says that the Holy Spirit produces this fruit in our lives. And to be able to do great works for God, to, 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 be res- to respond with great obedience and great faith, it all starts with what we see in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 22. This, this love. 
See, with love, you could impact the world in ways you could never imagine possible. The kind of love that's not produced and generated from your emotional content or what's in your own life, but what the Holy Spirit is producing in you. Can you understand? And it's the same for any one of these. Joy, peace, patience. A patience that goes beyond human reasoning. What if? You're in your world, you had these attributes in such a way that it transcended human capacity to produce or even comprehend. Are you with me, church? All right? And it starts by the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. You see, there, there are a few things, there's quite a few things in the Word of God that God asks of us and is literally impossible. Impossible. That's the Hebrew for impossible. <laughs> All right, don't look it up. Just take my word for it. All right. <laughs> or the Kiwi. All right, right. Okay, we're going to start the Kiwi jokes now. Right. Okay. <laughs> Can we use ushers off the second row? Just remove some people, please. So... <laughs> There are a few things in the Word of God that He asks of us that's just impossible. He says to you and I to love Him with all our heart and all our soul and all our mind and our strength. That's physically impossible for us. All right? But what He does is He says He asks of us this impossible thing and then He provides the means for us to do it. And so, essentially, from a, apart from Him, we cannot love Him with all our heart. Are you guys with me? Here's another example. He says, be holy as I am holy. <laughs> Again, say, like, okay, give me a minute. I can do it for a minute. All right? And after that, I'm like ruined. All right? And in that minute, I'm like, there's a, a sliver of a second where I can do it in. And even then I find some sin in my life. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm ruined. I cannot be holy as you are holy. And he says, I know. Then we've literally got to go to him and go, God, I need your help to be holy as you are holy. Okay, can you see this? And it's the same with fruitfulness. He says, I'm walking through the vineyard of my people and I'm looking for fruitfulness. Yet he does not expect. You see, we look at statements or phrases like this in the Word of God. Be holy. Love me. And then what we do is we go, right, I got it. And we go away and we try and produce love and affection for him. He, we, we get, he says, be holy. And what we do is we go away and then we try and muster up holiness. We clean out, we confess, and, and we try and bring holiness back to him. Did he say, no, no, when I ask this of you, don't go away to produce it. Come to me and find it. You guys with me? See, this is gospel. This is good news, and it's the grace of God. He doesn't send you away to go and find it, find the strength, find the uh, ability. No, no, he says, do it. It's impossible. Come to me and find it. So it's not something you produce, it's something you find in the presence of God. You guys with me? 
Anything else will wear you out, will cause frustration and confusion in your life. You'll start to strain the relationships in your world. Church will be a confusing and, 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 and discouraging place because it looks like everybody else is able to produce what you can't. Yet those where you see fruit in their life, they found that they find it in Christ, not produce it in themselves. Are you guys with me today? All right? And so this fruitfulness, when I say, man, I'm showing you a picture here, because the, the parable that Jesus is sharing with these guys here, he, the, long story short, is that God is the one who owns the vineyard. Jesus is the one who tends it, the vine dresser. He takes care of it. You and I are the fig trees, right? And, it's, and, he's, and he's trying to show us here that there will come a time that he will walk through an environment like this and find a fig-free tree. Now, that's not designed to cause condemnation in your life. You see, immediately we go, oh, true, you got me. I don't have fruit. Actually, I've not changed in the last six months. There's, I've not grown in my love, my peace, my self-control, my joy. I've actually, I've actually really messed up in those areas. But his desire is not to bring condemnation where you feel the weight and then you go away to try and produce it. But he comes and he finds it. And I'll show you today that he wants to produce fruit through your life. Are you with me, church? See, we think that the journey with Christ is give our lives to Him, be good, go spend eternity with Him. Yet the journey is receive salvation from Christ, be fruitful, and spend eternity with Him. He's looking for fruit from your life. He's looking for change, progress, results from your life. Are you with me? He's looking for these things from your life. And we're going to go through three things this morning as to how we become fruitful fig trees. Fruitful Christians. Not those buckling and breaking under the weight of such a high demand. But those who are finding freedom in life in this journey and discovering fruit that brings joy and causes you to desire more fruit. Is that all right? That sound like a good Christian journey to you? It does to me and three other people. It's, it's so thankful that you came to church this morning. Yeah. All right. This, here's, here's number one. We're going to go on three points this morning. That's going to help us understand how God brings about and causes us to be fruitful. Number one is this, there is going to be a season of depth between you and Jesus. There's going to be a season of greater depth between you and Jesus. So as we read in the story, the vineyard owner and the vine dresser walking through, and they come to a fig tree that's like, there's no figs on this thing. It's been like that for the last three years. So there's been a prolonged time where there's no evidence of change, forward progress, growth. And he says, cut it down. 
You see, this, is a, this helps us understand that there is a time frame that God looks and He says, I want to see change. Yeah? I want to see change. And then He says, cut it down. And then the appeal of, of Jesus for you and I, because He intercedes, the Bible says He intercedes on our behalf. And the appeal of Jesus for your life is, give me time with it. Give me time with him. Give me time with her. And through that time, we'll begin to work towards a state of fruitfulness. Give me time. Come away with me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened. And I will give you rest. Work with me. Walk with me. Discover the unforced rhythms of grace. Are you guys with me? Jesus wants time with you. See, when he asks you to be fruitful, he doesn't send you away. He draws you in. And right now, in this season, God is wanting to move you forward in your Christian walk so you would feel the delightfulness of fruitfulness, but he's not sending you away heavy burdened and heavy laden with responsibility. He's drawing you in. And this morning, if the first thing I want you to hear today is God is appealing to you. Jesus Christ is appealing to you. Come in. Give me time with you. And there's going to be change in your life. Are you guys with me? See, fruitfulness is not something you produce for Him Fruitfulness is what He produces in you. It's not what you produce for Him. It's what He produces in you. You guys with me? Yeah? The Spirit of God causing you to come closer into Christ. Come on, that's the beauty of church this morning. The beauty of this church. It's the desire of the pastors and it's because of the desire in the heart of God to draw you into Christ. Any, any high demand scripture like this, just love the Lord your God, be holy, be fruitful, is designed to draw you in, not push you out. And the enemy will come and say, you're not good enough, you're not performing enough, you're, he doesn't love you. He, you see, the enemy takes a truth and takes it just off center. God does want you to grow. God does want you to perform. But He doesn't, He knows you cannot do it. He does it through you. Are you guys with me? He does it. Here's, um, in John chapter 15 and verse 4, the Word of God says, Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, unless it abides, unless it stays, unless it remains and is attached to the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Abide in me and I in you. John chapter 15 verse 4. To abide means to make your home in. It's not a transitional thing like, okay, God, I'll come away for, with a, for a while with you. I'll take a couple of days off this week and no, I'm going to learn to, to stay in Christ. Stay in the understanding that He produces fruit. It's not of myself. So you have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Stay in 
Christ. So you've got to learn how to stay in Christ. You see, one of the things that, that takes me out of staying in Christ is when I feel like it's my responsibility to produce fruit for Him. It's one of the things, immediately I step outside of Christ when I think it's my responsibility to produce fruit for Him. It's like, okay, I've got to get better. Like, all right, I'll start a Bible reading plan. Okay, I'm not going to miss a prayer session. I'm, I just want to produce. I just want to produce. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I love Bible reading plans and, and, and I, I love being regular in my prayer, but, but not because I want to produce, but because I want to remain in Him. Is that all right, church? Stay in Christ. The second thing is this. He digs around you. He says, give me one more year with them. Give me one more year and I'll dig around it. You see, what I've, what I've come to realize is that oftentimes when we're not seeing fruit, when there's not the joy, see, because with fruit comes a sense of favor, the sense of, man, I'm, I'm experiencing God and it feels good. With fruit comes fun. I'm enjoying Christianity. I love my relationship. I love church. With fruit comes all those things. But when you're not seeing that, the, the in, initial and almost constant desire is to move on, is to get out of that space. I'm not enjoying my small group because I don't feel like I'm getting fruit from it or I'm not producing fruit, and you want to move on. And oftentimes people move on from churches because there's, oh, there's no fruit in my life. And, and the easy thing to do is, well, if I go to another church, I may become fruitful there. If I, if I change small group, I may become fruitful there. And, and we always think that moving on or moving away would bring us some sort of fruitfulness. Yet that is not the biblical answer to fruitlessness. You guys with me? It's not the answer to move on. You see, we can romanticize moving on, but he says, give me one more year with it, and I'll dig around it where it is. You see, because if you are relying on external factors to bring your fruitfulness, you're not abiding in Christ. He's, he's saying, I can cause you to flourish where you are. I can cause you to flourish where you are. Come on, have you got a faith and have you got a desire for God to cause you to flourish where you are? You know, there's been a number of seasons in our life where the, the desire has been to run, to move on, to go away, to start again. And how many know that the environment externally may change, but the deficiency internally remains. Come on, I mean, no, I just take my own deficiencies with me. And it's not long before the environment may produce some short-term wins, but my internal deficiency produces a lack of fruit once again. And so we've got to learn that internal fruitfulness comes by remaining in Christ and allowing Him to dig around us. What does it mean 
to dig around us. You see, I believe that God starts to work on some both internal and external areas of our lives when He digs around us. He start, once you remain in Him first and foremost, then it moves on to, okay, let's look at your life. Let's dig around and have a look at how do you think about the Word of God? What's your prayer life like? You see, I believe that when he's in the season and in the time of digging around you, it's not just about confessing about confessing the sins that you committed, but also confessing what you did not do. God, I confess that I did not commit. God, I, I, I did not commit to being generous. God, I, I confess that I've not been a loving person. God, I confess that I didn't speak up when I know I should have. God, I confess that I did not do what is good when it was in my power to do so. You guys with me? Because we're quick to repent, and it's good. We're quick to repent of the things that we did do. God, I said that. God, I did that. God, I missed the mark. But what about the things you did not do? God, I did not commit to being regular in that space. God, I could not commit to, to opening your word and seeking your truth for my life. I confess and I'm sorry that I was not honoring, I was not loving, I didn't have, I confess. And when you do this, this is the act of God plowing around and working around you. And for you coming to a humble state where you can bring fruit from your life. Are you with me, church? Come on, God wants to bring fruit. This is great delight. I don't see him standing off and going, I want fruit. And in a week's time, in a year's time, I, I, you better be a better Christian. Come on, that's not the heart of the Father. He says, I, be fruitful. And he says, come on, let me show you how to. Is that right, church? Yeah? Because I, I, I want to be a better Christian. I want to be somebody that, that where my life displays the goodness of God. But I'm so aware of my deficiencies, how inconsistent I can be, and just my tendencies towards frustration and anger and, and my shortcomings. I, I'm so aware of these things. And the enemy wants me to drift from God as a result. But God wants you to come closer. This morning we're going to pray for that. And the third thing is this. In fact, just one scripture. If you're taking notes, I want to leave this with you. James chapter 4 and verse 17, it says, it is sin to know what to do and to not do it. It's when you know what's right. We've got a fair understanding of what's wrong and we try and stay away from it. But it's also a sin to know what to do and not do it. Some of us need to get into the routine of doing some things that cause our heart to shift. Yeah? Very good. Because so I know for my wife and I, you know, I'm completely in love with her. I realize that I'm married up and I don't deserve her. But every now and again, she realizes, oh no, I'm married down. <laughs> what, what have I done? And in order to keep her heart shifted in the right direction, we go on date nights. And I try and woo her back into that false reality where she loves me again. Right? And so the date nights help us in that. Right? And I, I say, Lord, just blind her once again. Another season of blindness. <laughs> Number three. 
Number three, I just wanted to see if you're still there. All right, all right, still there. Number three, number three, last one, last one. Can I have the keyboards come and help me out, please? Thank you, sir. Number three is this. So he says, give me a year with it, time with Christ. Number two, I'll dig around it. There's God working in and around you to shift some things, even physical things in your world to start to bring change in your life. And then third, he says, and I will fertilize it. It's like, because we've got kids in the room today, it's manure, people. He puts manure on it. All right? So we're just going to stick to the word manure today. Fertilizes it. It's the stuff that we don't want. The hard, the hard stuff and the hard seasons and the things in our lives that, just like, God, why did I have to go through that? And but what he's saying is that Hey, hey, I know to everybody else that just looks like manure and that just looks like fertilizer and it just looks unfair. But the purpose of it is for you to draw the nutrients out of it. And you've got to learn how to draw the nutrients out of the fertilizer. The things you're going through right now, God may have initiated, He may not have, but he, he is telling you today that there is nutrients that you can take out of it that will produce fruit in your life. The things that we have been through, some of it horrendous, some of it not so good, and some of it for, for such a prolonged season, I thought it would break me. And then because I've spent time with Him, stayed in Him, and have allowed him to shift things in my world, it's made it possible for me to draw nutrients out of those manure seasons. Come on, anybody been through or going through a manure season? It's like, this is manure, people. All right, you come to church and everybody else is looking like beautiful and you just think, my world smells like manure right now. Come on, anybody been there before? Just me? Yeah, okay, there's a few other believers and manure-like people in the house of God today. Come on, it's a real thing. It's a real thing to go through stuff that you think this is, God, I don't know if I can keep going through this. This is so hard. And Romans chapter 8 and verse 28 says, God works all things together for those who love Him and are called according to purpose. He will help you to draw nutrients out of the manure. But it, this is almost strategically placed today. You stay in Him. You cannot eventually draw nutrients out of it if you're not first in Him. And then if you're not allowing Him to work things in your heart where you're repenting and you're saying, God, I'm sorry, help me. Lord, sorry for what I did. Sorry for what I didn't do. Lord, work in me. Help me change my mind. Renew it because it's holding me back. Until you do that, you're not able to draw nutrients out of what you're going through. And He's going to work it together for your good. You don't need to work it together for your good. That's a lie of the enemy. That you've got to make the best out of a bad situation. No, no, no. He will make the best out of a bad situation. Stay in Him. You guys with me? You see, as we come to an end, it's, um, 
in, in just in every area of your life, God wants fruit. God wants to see you a better person than what you were a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. But that's not something you produce for Him. He wants you to perform, but not because you're a performer, not because you can do it, but because you're connected to Him. So today, in this place, I want you to hear not as a finger-waving, condescending God. I don't want you to hear that when He says, be fruitful, I want fruit. Hear the love of the Father, that Jesus told this story to illustrate that there is one interceding on your behalf, saying, give me a year with them. Give me time with them so that we can see something beautiful come out of that life. God wants you to change. God wants you to be fruitful. God wants you to impact the world you're living in. And He wants to do it through you. Today, would you bow your heads and close your eyes all over this auditorium? You're going to be fruitful, church. Your marriage is, your relationships are, your finances, the call of God on your life, your kids, that business, this church. But he first he says, come away with me. Then he said, let me work in you. And he says, draw the nutrients out of what's going on around you. See the hand of God in it. Father, I pray for these people right now, God. Lord, for those who are in that season of just needing to know what it looks like to come away with you, spend time with you, stay in you. God, let there be a grace in this season just for that, a special grace on this church for that right now. Father, I pray that those who right now just think, oh man, I'm, this is just a manure season. Father, right now, let them, let them start to draw nutrients out of the hardship, out of the struggle. Bless this church to be fruitful in this city, in this nation. Just take a moment right now, because I just feel like God's going to connect you into Jesus. Right now, he's, he's just connecting your heart into Jesus. Thank you, Father. There it is. It's connecting your heart into Jesus. Isn't it beautiful? Just Jesus. while every eye is closed and every head bowed and every person thinking about themselves right now and your own heart. Friends, today I shared some of the good news in regards to a, a loving father. So a lot of people have maybe started or eventually come to a place of having a very poor understanding of Jesus Christ that he asks difficult things of us that we cannot produce, that he wants us to live in such a way that's actually not even enjoyable. 
And the enemy has done so much through social norms and political things and, and, and just hardships in our lives to skew how we see Jesus Christ. But the Word of God, the truth about Jesus is that He has come that you may have life and life to the fullest. That He would be a way towards God the Father and that there would be no other way but through Jesus. That there's no true goodness or happiness in this world apart from His holy presence that has come and has committed Himself to you. That regardless of how much you choose the sin and the things of this world in our own way, He still persists in creating an opportunity and a way for you to get to the Father. Like this morning, this morning, this moment is the mercy of God creating an opportunity for you to know the Father in a new and an exciting way where life and life to the fullest would be your reality. Friend, with every eye closed, every head bowed, every person thinking about themselves, if you are not in right relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to include you in a closing prayer that leads you back to the Father. So right now, while every eye closed and every person just considering their own, the state of their own heart, friend, if I can include you in this prayer, I'd love to know who you are. I'd love to see who I'm praying for today. So on the count of three, I'm just going to ask you to lift your hand where you are. I'll see it. I'll get you to put it down. I'm going to pray. So that's you. One, two, three. If that's you, I'd thank you. God bless you. So others right now, yeah, God bless you as well. Others, you just know you're not in right relationship with Christ and you want to get connected and, and have an assurance of the Holy Spirit that you are. If that's you today, why don't you just lift your hand where you are and include you in a closing prayer. It would be such a delight this morning. Thank you, God bless you. Others right now, join these three people who have just said, yeah, that's me this morning. If that's you, would you lift your hand where you are? I'd love to include you in this prayer. Hallelujah. Thank you. God bless you. Church, would you pray this prayer with me? Let's talk to God together. Father, we love you this morning. And we thank you that through Jesus, we have a way to you. I confess my sin and ask you for forgiveness. Fill my heart and be the leader of my life. I will follow you, Jesus through the power of your Holy Spirit all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen? Come on, how good is God? Come on, would you give Jesus a shout of praise this morning? Thank you so much for having me and listening. I want to hand it back to the pastors this morning. Fantastic. Thanks, Byron. Let's give Byron a big hand. That was such an amazing word. Let's stand, church. We're going to sing. And just a reminder, the night sessions at Light are open this week. Byron's sharing tomorrow night. If you need directions, see Morrison up at Watersley Conference Centre. And Dave Izzard from Colborough is sharing on Tuesday.